it's on to the battlefield now on one with Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred crossing swords with a host of knights errant in this week's episode with the old sorcerer, Doctor Who. <laughs> And we're back in a new exciting episode talking about things in the past. Or are they? Pseudo-historicals. Ooh, lully. Whatever that means. All that and more in the next exciting adventure of... Doctor Who and the Complete Menagerie. Almost. Well, we're here. We're here on location. Where are we, Greg? We are. We're on location. We're in uh, TC4, the television studio where they filmed uh, Battlefield. Oh, no, we're not. Ah. We're in a pub. Ah. It's Oakham. Oakham? Where's Oakham? Well, it's uh, it's sort of in the middle of the country, isn't it? It's halfway up, yes, or halfway down. It's quite pretty, isn't it? It's nice. Parking's a bugger. Yes, but we're here. You found a parking space. We found a parking space. Mm. We did. We, we're parked here for twelve months at the cost of f- uh, five hundred and twenty-five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you find a space, you may as well keep hold of it. Oh, that change! My God, that's a bloody Bulging good job. pockets. Yes, I had to phone a telephone number and enter in my uh, debit card details. Oh, was that right? Yeah. Ooh, but how very modern of you! I, well, I just didn't have that level of cash. I had fifteen pounds in notes, but uh, well, it's a good job you uh, put it down for a year because we've been waiting for the best part of it for for a couple to clear. Off. Uh, we we had touch of a bose. We've got a little tiny little uh, room upstairs above at the pub, which is called the Snug, isn't it? The Lord Nelson. The Lord, Lord Nelson. Nelson. Worth a visit. Very yes. nice. We just had a very nice repast. What did we? What did they call it? The bar platter, was it? The bar platter. Yeah, highly recommended. Yes, very nice indeed. And uh, we were quaffing that uh, when uh, we had a lovely couple in the room next to us, but with very loud voices, and we, we couldn't really record. And yeah. you, there was a mention of Daleks and Doctor Who, so we started to listen. But then it moved on very quickly to dishwasher tablets. <laughs> yeah, on Thursday night. Yes, very specifically. Yeah. And half an hour ago, uh, they started to put their coats on. They've just left. So. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I don't know how many zips they had. <laughs> I think she was a punk. She had lots of zippers on her jacket. Yeah. Most extraordinary performance. But now we're here, we're recording. It's delightful to be back with you. Um, and there's a good reason why we're on location. We're on location? Uh, well, I couldn't be bothered to drive to Leeds. True, and we, we wanted to get out of Yorkshire. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to go for a wander after we've had a, a wonder chat. Benton. Yes, I indeed. Yes. yes, yeah, we're going to go for a wander. The mother of Mr. Cumberbatch. Yes, yeah. she was in Image of the Fendal around about the time she'd have been pregnant with him. Is yeah. that right? Yes, mm. and Time and the Rani as well. Yes, Time and the Rani and the Faceless Ones. Farun the Baloo. and UFO. 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 Speed. Anybody that's a fan of the Power Themes 90 album will know that. Ah. So, we will be going on location after Zone Ramble, on a location for which Doctor Who story, Greg? It's Doctor Who 
Battlefield. So we'll be walking across the locations of Battlefield while reviewing Death to the Daleks. No, we'll be reviewing, <laughs> of course, that classic McCoy story. But before we go there, we've got two things to do. The first one is guess the line, and whose line Ooh, is it? Oh, yes, who's doing it anyway? Charlie? Is it, is, it my, is it my turn? I think it's your turn, Charlie. Okay, okay. I've got on here. It's on my Gis phone. Guess the line. Guess the line. Uh, right, okay. Guess okay. the line. Right. Um, right, yeah. Listing gear around this. Goes. Um, Major Cosworth's throwing a cordon around the hangar now. I'll join him at Mobile HQ, then we'll move in and mop things up. Major Cosworth, well, that's got to be a. Is it from Doctor Who? It's from Doctor Who. <sighs> it sounds like I remember that. it's a military adventure. So Unit. I think there's potentially the. I think that's a hoodwink. I don't think oh, it's. Oh, you think that's a red hand? I think it's possible. Hangar, mm. aeroplanes, is it something to do with right. faceless ones? No, 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 no. Okay. I'll give you a big clue. It's a unit story. Is, is it, it the mind yes. of evil? That is absolutely incredible. Yes, it is. The mind of evil. Oh, well done. How did you grab that? Well done. Well, um, there's a big hangar, isn't there, in, in the mind yes. of evil? Because it's, it was also in The Prisoner. The, the exact same location oh, as in, right. produced in The Prisoner with Patrick McGowan. I'm not talking about Prisoner Cell Block H, that Australian So mm. No, no, no. Patrick McGowan is number six. Patrick McGooley. Yes, he's dead now. That's very good, Greg. Well yes, done. well done. Oh, thank well, you. A ripple, I think. Well, yeah, it's like drinking it up from the, uh, the audience listening at home. So, or, uh, well, as you... jogging or, or <laughs> driving to work or on a commute. Seeing as you've just won, uh, guess the line, Greg. Flying to Singapore, who knows? You should be the first person to uh, give us a little update of what you've been up to. All kinds of things. What haven't I been up to? Well, hey, um, Tom Bailey, do you remember him? If you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie. And we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Uh, it's a bit, bit, bit of a nuisance of a chap. Right. Yes. Well, um, we did a show called Splink. Uh, so we're going to turn that into a podcast. Okay. Uh, so that was fun. We did, we did a live performance in Thebes, an inaugural couple of episodes, including the um, the second episode is called the, the Inevitable Recrudescence of Bob Peck. Now, who's Bob Peck? Well, he was a very great actor. He was in Edge of Darkness, which is now available on Blu-ray. So we did a whole hour-long play uh, about bringing back Bob Peck. So that was fun. Did you bring him back? We did bring him back, yes. Fantastic. We, 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 we mixed the storylines of Edge of Darkness and Jurassic Park, his, uh, his two best known. <laughs> but uh, anyway, tune in to find out how we brought back Bob Peck. Um, I, I don't have a link. Uh, look on facebook.com slash splink show. Mm-hmm. Very good. How about yourself, uh, Samuel Payne? Have you been... Uh, Having it large, have you have you have you, have you met any uh, any great celebrities? Uh, Rusty Lee. Uh, have I met any Jan celebrities? Uh, Pat Boone. Robert Gillespie. <laughs> ah, wow. Well, that's another story. Watch this space. Um, very little. I've been recovering from Brexit, which has happened last night at eleven o'clock. Yeah. What's that? Sorry. Brexit. What does that mean? Brexit means Brexit. Oh, right. so we. <laughs> what does that involve? <laughs> we've effectively. <laughs> I tell you what, Brexit You're just means. making up words now. I've not heard this word before. No, it's, it's, it's a breakfast cereal, isn't it? Haven't you heard of it? <laughs> just add milk. You know? 
It literally means we're leaving Europe. That's what it means. No, sorry, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> it means it's the end of the European Union connection that we've had for some time. Which Does this is... mean we can still participate in the Eurovision Song Contest? Well, if Australia can, we can. And Israel. What would we want to do? We always lose. There's no, no point. It's true. Because no one likes us. They don't like us. Let's mm. face it. Yeah, no, so, summed it up nicely, didn't they? So Brexit happened last night at 11 o'clock. Mm. How did you mark it? Did you? I, I went to bed and then my phone was ringing because it was you, Charlie and, and Tom but buzzing on about <laughs> it was the end of the world or it was not the end of the world. Charlie, what were you doing last night? I was drinking uh, gin with uh, BBC's Oliver Burton. Ah, uh, Ollie Burton, of course. Yes. yeah. He was, he's he was... a keen Brexiteer, isn't he? No, he's not. Uh, no. <laughs> as, as, as well you know, Greggington. No, he's... He, He's a bit of a Europhile, so he was shedding a tear last night as, as the Brexit bongs came on the TV. And I have to say, I'm, mm. I felt quite melancholy myself. You know, the, the whole thing's a bit of a well. I'm just bit of a we, shit show. Glad we got on with it and, and actually well, did something. But we, we, we did have, uh, if I can hog the mic again, we had Ollie Burton in, uh, in, our, in our Splink show. And, uh, we We've done a, Splink. We, 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 did done. we did a Brexit sketch. <laughs> Look, in which uh, Brexit, Splink and Ollie Burton are all history now, <laughs> which segues nicely into the next subject that we're talking about, which is pseudo-historicals. Ah. Here we go, into the Time Lash. Mm. Oh, but it's all arranged. Megan and I have important things to discuss. Yes, Doctor. Prepare the time lash. Here we are. Pseudo-historicals. What is a pseudo-historical? That's a good question. Well, it's, it's, it's not a straightforward historical. In the right. way that, uh, like the massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve literally follows the story of the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. Right. So that's a historical. A pseudo-historical is one where it's like there are elements of history, mm -hmm. like um, like the Visitation, mm. where you've got the Great Fire of London, which is an actual historical event, but there's a bit of fiction around why that historical event happened. Mm -hmm. Or there's, there's elements of science fiction mixed into yes. the historical context. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That, 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 that would be my definition. Yeah. That's a tricky one, though, isn't it, Charlie? If it's elements of science fiction weaved into any history event, because that's every Doctor Who story ever. Well, if you take out the Doctor and his companions... So the TARDIS is, the, those stuff, is not The things that are already there that right. are incongruous to the, the period. I see. OK, so like... Time meddler. Time meddler. It's a good example. Prime example, yeah. OK, very good. Okay. I think it's one way as well, you know, if, if, it, if the Kittywinkles back home can, can look it up in their history book mm. and see things like from the time meddler, the Viking invasion or... From the, the, the reign of Nero sure. from the Romans, then then it's a historical, isn't it? Whereas if it's if they can't look it up in their history books, so Doctor Who is hot on its historicals, wasn't it? When it was part of its remit, effectively, mm -hmm. it? when it first came on air, that it was science fiction historical. Science fiction yep. historical was yep. generally the the structure of the series. When did we have the first pseudo historical? Is it the Aztecs? Well, I don't think it is. I think it has to be the, the time meddler. The time meddler. Because the, the Doctor and the Companions and the, the Aztecs, and, and also in Marco Polo, uh, went into a, a historical event or events that were happening anyway. Mm. It's where those events are being mm. mucked around by other sort of elements of science fiction or things that shouldn't shouldn't be there, like the, the, the meddling monk, for example, or the pterodactyls. Ah, but I mean, I think there's another dimension to this, because 
the Aztecs is not an actual historical event, it's just, it's more of a period piece. But apart from the Doctor, there's nothing there which shouldn't be there. Mm, so you wouldn't say, uh, right, so it's not pseudo, even though it's quite a fictionalised yes. account. Yes, well that's, I think, mm. otherwise there wouldn't, wouldn't be any historicals. Okay. No, they're pure historicals. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I can go with that. So, I so think the it, Time Meddler. A time Meddler is quite late in the second season, isn't it? I think it's The Chase. Ooh. Oh, that is controversial. The, the Marie Celeste. The Marie Celeste and the Dives. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that is a natural historical event. It's, a horror, it's only for a very short period, about ten minutes in the episode, if that. Mm. Yeah. Maybe five. Mm. But the Marie Celeste historical event, Dalek's yeah. get involved. Yeah. So is that technically, or does it have to be a whole series? No, whole I, don't show? See, I don't see why it should have to I'd be. go with that, yeah. And to hang my hat on that one. I can't yeah. see any others before that, which would be. I mean, it, it, I think it's a good, a good benchmark here is to actually suggest that maybe it has to have a historical basis. Like mm. you say, Greg, it can't just be set in the past. That doesn't no. make it a, an historical story. So an example no, no, used no. earlier was um, Black, Black Orchid, Orchid, which yeah. is, I think, a yeah. really good example. There's nothing yeah. historical about that. The Cranleys are entirely fictional. Exactly. Uh, he never went on the quest for the <laughs> Black Orchid. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just humbuggery from, uh, what's his chops, Terence Dudley. It's, uh, it's just for a change. <laughs> oh, humbuggery, <isn't> <laughs> So in many ways, we could say Marco Polo is a, a pure historical. That did happen. That character did exist. The Aztecs is not really historical. It has. A I don't think Marco Polo was played by Mark Eden though back in the day. He's certainly old enough. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where was Marco Polo from? Was he Spanish or Italian? Mm, one of the two. Oh, I think it was Italian. Now that you've Italian. Said. Mm. Yes, it was because Venice. Marco Venice, Polo. Venetian, wasn't he? Venetian. <laughs> did he bring back um, ice cream? Isn't that where that came from? Really? I think that's, that's where mm. that came from. He bought it from China. I could be wrong. I think I think that's why Ital- Italy is known for its ice cream. Really? I think mm. so. If I'm wrong, jolly, yeah. then, then tweet and tell us that we're talking at our backsides. Mm. So, none of us has a history. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we defined what a pseudo-historical is. We now mm. understand that it's effectively a historical story which has, has to have some historical basis, but yes. has some other interference going on from outside that historical yeah. story, such yes. as a scientific angle. Yes. Like, or as you say, or Charlie, incongruous. I like yeah. Yeah. An alien. Yes. Okay, very good. Well, the Daleks are obviously a good example of that in the chase. Yes. So, really, moving on from the chase, the Time Meddler is the first full-blooded one. Mm. Yes, say, which is Peter Butterworth. He's, he's very good fun. Marvellous, marvellous. Yes, well, I, I came to that story. Um, I'm guessing at the same time you guys did, when unless Charlie... broadcast Charlie, on BBC Two. Yes. 92, was that the same time that you saw it, Charlie, or uh, did you have a bootleg version? No, I'd had the bootleg from, oh. from, from, from our, our friend Wayne, yes. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, how much did you pay for that? Three hundred pounds. Then, <laughs> well, no. Wayne was was a was a great a great guy, so we had him for nothing. So, oh, here, gosh. have all my tapes. Yes. Wow. But just bring them back, will you? So, when were you drinking in the time metal? Um That would have been eighty nine. Gosh. I think. Yes. I was just sitting sitting around lying and dreaming of the time medal back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's early days, actually. Yeah, yeah. Was, what was the picture quality like? Oh, shocking, yeah. yeah. Mm. Really poor. Well, we, we had, I think on the same tape, we had uh, Master Plan episodes, which were virtually soup. 
<laughs> visually and and and, um, and audi- audi- audibly, so yeah, it was so. yeah, not brilliant. But yeah. but you can certainly um, that that's, that was the worst of it. So the time that was certainly watchable. I enjoyed it very much when it went out. I thought this is great, but and I I'd never really been that attracted to the the pure historicals before that. I thought oh, really, well, yeah, not really. And I am interested in history and history fiction. You think well, I was like nobody interested in history. history. I Claudius and all of these things, you know, yeah. history fiction. Which is great mm-hmm. fun, but they never really grabbed me. Um, well, is that because the the old stale black and white ones anyway, or, or uh, possibly paste? And because a lot of them are only on audio, aren't they? Like this is it, yeah. The Highlanders, for instance, and half of them missing. Yeah, so yeah. Marco Polo doesn't exist, does it? And Crusades has got is it three episodes left now, or two? There's two, two, There's two, two. We have two. We've got uh, Knight of Jaffa and the Lion. The Lion, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. it came up from Australia. But yeah, I that, really like. The but the bits we have of the Crusade and also from the Aztecs are mm. bloody brilliant. Really. Yes, I would agree. If you're in the mood, they're, yeah. they're very good. So I you think. you were very much enjoying the historical runs before we ended up going into the pseudo historicals. Yeah. The question I'm going to pose here is: Was the pseudo historical just a, a an organic thing that grew from the minds of the? Production office that we could do this with history stories now, or were they running out of ideas of history stories and they wanted to start to make the science I fiction element it. a stronger element in the? In I the think historical. it's it's more because the Daleks were such a big hit mm. that they, they they felt that they couldn't really do historicals unless there was something like that involved. I mean, we know full well that the Highlanders was the last pure historical because yes. because by that time they were just getting really that tired was right at the start of Pat Trout nobody was interested anymore it had to have some science fiction monster type thing going on if, it, if it didn't then it, was, it, it would have been binned so. I mean did this break Sidney Newman's heart you know because a big Canadian Sidney yeah. Newman he, 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 he wanted this historical okay thing. for you it's oh, very good thank you excellent it's great thanks mm. he famously said he didn't want bugger monsters <laughs> What did you say? He famously said he didn't want bug-eyed monsters. Oh, right, sorry. Okay, I thought mm. that's what you said. Okay. So he wasn't really keen on... Uh... Uh, I, think, I think he said he didn't want BEMs. Yeah, BEMs. Oh, short for bug-eyed monsters. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not short for uh, Brian Edwin May. No. <laughs> Yes, Brian got, May, Brian May. Brian May, Brian. Remember him? He was in Queen, wasn't he? He was. Oh, have you seen him on Instagram lately? Oh, posted a picture of his it? thumbnail the other day. He's and a very strange man. And as Charlie and I were discussing in the car, rather amusingly, a picture of him on his own having some muesli with wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless him. It's what the fans want. Well, <laughs> clearly, apparently, yeah. is he having a breakdown on Instagram? I, I think, think it's strange. strange. Midlife crisis. Yeah. Strange man. So we, we we think that the reason behind this is that they were they were basically feeling that the audience wanted more of a hard sci-fi element to their historical story. Market pressure. Yeah. Market pressure. Really, when when was Sidney Newman off the show? Essentially, I think it was after the first year, wasn't it? Yeah. When did he yeah. When did he say it's a bore? He did say at some point, Doctor Who's rubbish, it's a bore. Was that the 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a headline, I think, in one of the papers. Wow. It might have been a bit later, but that was the reason why. He wanted the show to be educational, didn't he, for the kids, and he wanted the historicals, and he didn't want the Daleks, you know, and all that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. So it ended up being the complete opposite of what he what he wanted, really. Yes, it was a science so, fiction show. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's why they faced out the historicals. But it ran away from him. But in, in many respects, the, the Avengers was similar. A, 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 a sort of vehicle that he founded, which became something very different later on. Mm. Far more fantastical. Mm. And he must have been frustrated that, that happened again. It was like history repeating itself, you know. Yeah. With Doctor Who. 
So yes, the early Avengers are very different. Yeah. Which was the next pseudo historical after the Time Meddler? Was there one in the in the Heart mm. era at all mm. after that? We have Well, there's all that running around in the Daleks master. Ah, what? I don't know, because that's just a period, period, isn't it? It's just period, is it? It is just period. Pyramids. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Pyramid shit. Yeah. So, well, uh, mm. the smugglers is, is historical, it's not pseudo-historical. Well, I mean, I can't remember the, the story of the smugglers now. Are there particular it's, smugglers it's in a, it who are... It's about smuggling, so it's, I think it's interest. down the line. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. Could you could you look up the characters? Oh, I see. Oh, possibly not. Mm. It's a, just a it's a period runaround. So a period runaround. We yeah. call that yeah. rather than a pseudo historical. So we're into the second Doctor. We have the Highlanders, of course, which is the last historical, and after that, yes. it's pretty much period setting science fiction. So the Abominable Snowmen. Now, oh. before that, you got to evil. Evil of the Daleks, well, of course, Victorian evil, era. Evil of the Daleks, of course, yeah. Victorian era. So, but is that just again period setting, or is it historical? Well, Queen Victoria's not in it, is she? Or no, you know, Gladstone or anyone. Else? Well, in that case, yeah, you're probably right. So it's mm. period setting. Mm. So, really, we think the Abominable Snowmen would be because that is a theory, isn't it? Historical theory about an abominable snowman, or is that just using ideas? This is where we're it's really getting a historical this. event, is it? I mean, if it was it's like not. set on the sinking Titanic, you could call that a pseudo historical because that's an actual historical event. Well, that would be an historical, it wouldn't be a pseudo historical. Mm, it Unless it's been, been sunk by the master or something. Exactly, yes, yes. I'm starting to wonder if there's any real pseudo historical stories in Doctor Who then, if it has to be a particular event. Um, with science in it or something in Congress. There's only I, a handful. Yeah. There's only very few. Yeah. Well, you, can't, you, can't, you can't include the time warrior. No, which I always assume would be a pseudo historical. Yes, I did too. Mm, not sure it is, because it's, again, it's not a historical event, is it? It's no. just set in a particular period and it doesn't have historical characters. Whereas I would think of, I mean, I'm jumping way ahead, but the, the, the Peter Davison story, television's Peter Davison, uh, The Visitation. Um, Doctor Who starts the Great Fire of London, which is an actual historical. Well, there's, there's that, and there's the King's Demons, which is the Magna Carta. Which Magna Carta, definitely. Right, yes. Did she die in vain? <laughs> Does the War Games count? It's got uh, World War One setting, hasn't it? It, it, it had to, yeah, because of the because of the event mm. that's going on at the time. Mm. Yeah, it would certainly be pseudo because it's a fictionalised version of World War One. I mean, there's no noticeable World War One characters in it no like Kitchener's there pointing at people after that we're into the, the Pertwee era which wasn't really big on historical stories at all no. it's all set in uh, it's, gadgets it's late 70s early 80s setting isn't it is that right Charlie? it's present day yeah, yeah. but it's not present day it's slightly in the future yeah, yeah. Doctor Who was marooned on Earth you know, the, the whole unit dating controversy which I always thought was about Richard Franklin <laughs> 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 Getting his leg over. Yeah, but uh, we all know better than that now. Uh, it's nothing to do. <laughs> so really, Pertwee can be dis- discounted, and we can toss to one side the Time Warrior entirely. Then, which is um, a shame because I wanted to talk about that. But if it's not a pseudo historical, oh. what, what can we say? Well, what's what left then? Hey, this, this is it. There isn't really, you know, many. Masked Mandragora isn't because there's, there's, there's no. Well, is it? It's the Renaissance. Is that is that an event? It's the Renaissance <laughs> <a> historical <laughs> event. See, we read the semantics of this are really causing us. We're stretching it a bit. Yeah, we, we need an actual historical. 
historians and define what is an anhistorical event. Well, I was looking at this, because it kind of ties in with what we're going to talk about in a moment, which is, I can't pronounce this correctly, so maybe you can help me here, Greg. Is it hysterocracy? Hysterocracy. Hysterectomy. Hysteristity. Hysteristity. Yes, Count Arthur, yeah. Red, lorry, yellow, Harry. Red ladder. Hello, Larry. There we go. <laughs> Very good. Still got it. Um, <laughs> yes. Can you say that again for me? Well, Bill? well. I mean, like, say the word. Historicity. Ooh, well done. Because the the, the Hundred Years' War is that an historical event or is it a historical period? Because it went on right. for quite a long period of time. That's a whole subject that they discuss in history uh, degrees. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. What is actually history? What mm-hmm. does actually comprise of history? And what is just folklore? What's myth? And all this kind of one thing. fucking thing after another, <laughs> as they say in the history boys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so really, we've kind of like got ourselves in a corner because I'm having a quick look <clears> at the <throat> Jean-Marc Lafissier guy. Oh yes, he's very good. Um, we're travelling light today. We've just got Jean-Marc Lafissier and uh, three glasses of mineral water. It's very sad. Mm. Too small and dry. Nobody's on the crowdens today. No. I'm not really seeing anything else here, guys, that's jumping mm. out to me at all. But in the Tom Baker era particularly, I mean, Howl of Fang Rock is set in a, histor- a historical period. Yes. Um, but there wasn't an, an event at a lighthouse that we can particularly call a mm. historical story. It had a Fresnel lens. It did have a Fresnel. Well remembered. And an, an early Shimoni. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talongs of Wen Chayan. Oh, yeah. Was was there any direct historical link from history there? <laughs> Not doing well here, boys. The great Lee Central. I think we ought to have thought this through a bit, bit better before we started, <laughs> don't you? Well, the, we so must... how many we we ranked so far? We've got the chase. The chase is the time def- medal. Definitely the time medal. Oh, is definitely, isn't it? And terribly, yeah. later on the the visitation. Mm-hmm. Hang on, doesn't Doctor Who cause the Great Fire of London? Oh, that was that and the King's Demons. Yeah, so there's King's four. Demons. We've got four. There. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Romans. Because was that a just? No, that was a runaround. That was a historical. Yeah, it is a historical. Isn't but Nero isn't that. So yeah. that's that's a that's a cast iron historical. I think, yeah. even though it's highly fictionalised. Yes, that's all. Right. In the same way, Still the Aztecs is the well, Aztecs is a period piece, isn't it? In the in this, the, the same way as Carry On Cleo is a historical. Yeah. Oh, but we do have one. Do have, Francis. Thank God, we do have one from the Sixth Doctor era, don't we? The, uh, the uh, Mark of the Rani. Oh, Mark of the Rani. Yeah. That's a relief. I thought we were running dry there. <laughs> but we can now talk about Colin and stick something into him. Just to finish off. Off we go. Finish him. Yes. The other way, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's an interesting because yes. that's actually about a particular point in time, isn't it? You know, George Stevenson. George Stevenson. Stevenson. He used to be on the Fiver, didn't he, right when we were kids? Do you remember that? George Stevenson on the Fivers? No, yes. in, my, in my day, it was, well, it was Wellington. Back, what you oh, say, back in my day. Wellington. Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, a, that's a corker. I mean, what do we make of that story? Do we do we think it works any particularly particularly well? No, no. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's definitely a pseudo historical. It's dull. <laughs> it is dull, isn't it? It's yeah. very dry. You've got too many villains with the Master and the Rani. Yes, yeah. they kind of cancel each other out, don't they? Almost. Yes, it's, yeah, it's and not it's, good. It's Pip and Jane Baker. The, the whole sort of uh, the, the Rani's plot is just convoluted and makes no sense whatsoever. Yes, that's true. Uh-huh. The maggots and stuff and you. Know, yeah, but the guy says, "Are you going to the tavern? 
No, I haven't got this trick to lift a tour. <laughs> yes, that's a great one. It's worth it for that line alone. <laughs> Which we famously recreated, didn't we? Actually, on location at Park of the Rani, as we called it. Park yeah. Well, it's Telford, isn't it? It is Telford, yeah. It was, it was a good day, I was at. Here's the thing for you. Um, one of my uh, colleagues at, um, at work, my ex-colleagues, went to school with Gary Cady, who played the guy who oh, into a handsome, tree. Handsome oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Mr Cady, yeah. yeah. He was also in an episode of Sherlock Holmes with um, Jeremy Brett. Uh, after that, we're, we're straight into uh, the Seventh Doctor, which is the end of Doctor Who, and he doesn't really have any historical stories apart from maybe Ghost Light, which is set in the past. Yeah. Mm. Um, the Second World War with the and Curse of Fenric. Curse of Fenric, but that's not strong enough to be... No a historical story. If it had been actually Alan Turing rather than Doctor, yeah, Trump, it's implied though, isn't that it? Counted, that would have counted. Yeah, it? definitely. And isn't he trying to crack the Enigma code anyway? Yeah, so isn't that is. historically yeah. got some historical context? There is a history there, possibly. So, I mean, it's definitely a pseudo rather than. Well, what about um, Delta and the Bannermen? Fifties, mm. the rock and roll years. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then, doesn't it get to a point, if we're just going to sidestep it, pseudo-historicals for a moment here and just talk about historical Doctor Who stories, isn't there a point where everything set in the 60s, in the 60s, is now a historical mm. story? Remembrance. Remembrance. Well, point, I mean, in Curse of Fenric, at least, at least uh, Winston Churchill and Adolf Hitler are mentioned. Yeah. So they are actual historical characters who were active at the time. Yeah. I think people would come back from this and say, look, pseudo-historical has nothing to do with it being about um, an event. It's about it just being in the past. I think people would make that argument yeah. uh, and disagree with us because where is this bloody line drawn between... If you mention Adolf Hitler, suddenly it's a historical adventure. If, well, if it's set during World War II, two, it's a period. It's yeah. a historical event. Not if it's... Uh, in someone's back garden, <laughs> is it? No. It's, mm. it's, it's a difficult one. Mm. The point I was making is that stories made in the contemporary time of like that mid-60s, say, say like the War Machines and our historical story to some extent because it's yes. a different time entirely. Mm. We don't live in the 60s anymore. So the swinging 60s. Yeah. So do, do they become historical retrospectively? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. And does anyone care? <laughs> well, um, Enemy of the World was famously set in 2018. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is incredible. Yeah. When you think about it. Yes. It'll and be 2018 next year. Oh, no, we've had it. Oh, it's gone. Long gone, old boy. And the fun fair in The Chase is 1996, I think. Ah, yeah. oh, right. I remember getting a bit of a kick out of that. <laughs> But there's one story which is at the very end of all of this, which we'll be going into shortly, which is a, um, really a mash of all of these kind of ideas, which is Battlefield. Oh, yes. Mm. Which is a, a pseudo-historical story about a pseudo-historical myth. Yeah. Yes. There's a mashup then. What do we actually know about King Arthur? How much of it is true? How much of it's just myth? Uh, and most of it's myth, mm. I'd say. But we'll find out more about that as we step into the time-space visualizer on location. Oh. Woo! Here we go. time-space visualizer. So here we are. This is a very special time-space visualizer because we're actually 
actually, you can hear the wind whistling yes. through my hair. We're actually on location. Where, Greg? The wind whistles through your ears, Stotts. Um, well, we're walking down the same road that Nicholas Courtney has walked up on film in Doctor Who. <laughs> Exciting! And, and, and which Doctor Who story was it? Well, it was Nicholas Courtney's last ever appearance in Doctor Who, in Doctor Who's last ever season. So it must have been Battlefield. Aha! That's right, right Battlefield. So we're on the location for, for Battlefield, and uh, it's great to actually be wandering around and reviewing this show at the same time. I'm not sure how successful this is going to be, because it's absolutely freezing. <laughs> well, uh, tell, the, tell the kids at home where, where, um, which town we're in. It's, it's called Hambleton. Isn't it? Hambleton. Hambleton. That's right, yeah. And uh, we've been on the road for about two hours, haven't we? Yes, we have. To get yeah. here. Rutland Water. It's been well worth it so far. Yes, it's been great. It's been absolutely fantastic. We had a pork pie, didn't we? <laughs> we did have a pork pie in that pub. Is it up here? I think it's oh. up here. So there's a public foot. <coughs> Yes, there's a sign here saying Brigadier's Route. So I'm sure Excalibur this way. So I think, I think we're on the right track, aren't we? Absolutely. So what was our memories of uh, Battlefield? I watched it on transmission. I'm sure you guys did as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I just started um, senior school. I, I was 11 at the time. Oh, right, OK. And it was the first one of the season, wasn't it? Yes, I, it was. I'd, it would only just, I'd only just got back to school because it was... When would it have been broadcast? October? Yeah. Yeah. But I remember I hadn't settled in terribly well to senior school. Uh, Doctor Who being back on air was a great comfort to me. So I, 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 I loved it when it went out. Charlie, how about you? Yes, I, I was 17. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yes, it was... Well, it was... It was it was all right at the time. <laughs> yes, yeah. I watched it again recently. It was better than I remembered it being. Oh really? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Were you, had you been born in 1989? Of course I had. I was watching Doctor Who by yeah. then. I was alive and breathing, and uh, yes, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I uh, I recorded it off air and lost the tape uh, sometime later. Tut tut. But uh, I was very happy to see it repeated. Two years later, I think it was. Actually, Phil Morris has just been in touch. He's found your tape. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a, some desert somewhere, wasn't it? <laughs> well, of course, Battlefield was the one that they chose to uh, to record, uh, uh, to sorry, to broadcast for the 30th anniversary season. Am I right? For, for, oh, I don't know. For McCoy? Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I think that's the one they repeated. So oh. I was delighted to see it. And at the time, it seemed, oh, look at this from the archives. It was about two years old. Yeah. <laughs> Three years old. But boy, a television moved on by that point and I think that's the problem with the battlefield is watching it now yeah. it's it's full of plenty of awkward moments yeah. uh, really yeah. no shortage uh, real, real, I love the stage school sort of yeah It's a shame. It's hilarious. The script, I can imagine, the concept was great. You've got Ben Aronovich, haven't you, who, who delivered uh, fantastic uh, Remembrance of the Daleks yes. the year before. And here's the big season opener. Yeah. At 7.35, a new series of Doctor Who and a cry for help. 
It's just let down, really, isn't it? That's the house. Ah, so we're looking now at, um, what's it called again? The Crow? The, the, the Gore Crow. The Gore, Gore Crow. Yes, well, we're looking at the Gore Crow. It's where all the action takes place, where they had the blind lady who was the, uh, the hotel uh, um, keeper. I can do it myself. You'll have to excuse my wife. Half an hour ago, she was blind. Now, just who are you? Major Husak, sir. Mm. You're not English, are you? And I'm actually wearing Peter Ellis's hat. <laughs> Did you know that? He, he played uh, Professor Wormsley in, in this, or uh, uh, the, the archaeologist. Um, I'm wearing his, the actual hat that was used. <laughs> <laughs> I might take a photo of you doing it. <laughs> Don't do it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right, I think we all need to go... Oh, just, uh, last night I was out for a curry with BBC's Oliver Burton. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I could, could unleash a, ter- a great, terrible something right now, yeah. <laughs> We're talking serious biomass to biomass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, I think this is Sam Payne's turn. Yeah. Mm. To unleash a terrible something. Oh. So does this bring back memories? We were here about a decade ago, weren't we? Because we? yeah. you just remembered that route. I remember we went uh, down to the house and we took a left and we walked down the water and we found uh, there was a track. Right. Where the unit uh, bods ah, came down. You remember yes. that? Yes, I do, yes. I got some good photographs. I think I've still got them on file. But we were doing it all from memory, so yeah. there was no smartphones back in those No, there days. weren't. No, no. Back in the mid-noughties. Yeah, no, exactly. We didn't have any sort of sat-nav or anything like that, did no. we? No. We just, yeah, no, we just, we just, just um, recognised the gore crow, because it's quite distinctive, isn't it, on it, the water's edge there? It is. Oh, as we look at it. <laughs> it's our better. It's <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yes. There will be no micturation here! <laughs> I you to, to not watch. I'm very shy, so I might not be able to go, but I'll, I'll give it a oh, go. So we're all, we've all been for a pee now, and it's... Yes. Uh, That's quite a weight off. Oh, God, yes. Yes, so, we've got a, a great view here. Have you been talking about the, uh, the view that we've got? Just, so, yes, that's right. I think there's a shot of the Gorkro from across the water. I don't quite know how they took it, or they right. got it, because it's quite a way across the, the, the water to the next bank. This is not how I envisaged it. Really? Oh, because I, I thought the Gorkro was slightly more inland, because I, I always thought that Bessie kind of tore off you know, at a distance, but obviously it doesn't tear off at a distance, it takes a turn and then yeah. comes down the bend. Well, I'm sure that's it, I'm sure that's it, because there is a shot of the... It looks like it. ...of the pub or hotel just across the water, and that must be it. It does, because it, I think you've got the two wings, and I think the yeah. signs on the right-hand side of the wing are above yeah, those windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. what, where's, the, where's the beer garden, then? The boom beer garden. And boom! <laughs> He must be round the back. Yeah. 
because there's an out that's the outbuilding isn't it yes which they yes the the beer garden is the, what we're looking at here folks is the the built the main building the house on the left there's a little outbuilding on the right and it's basically all surrounded by water and i think the outbuilding on the right is where you see the hole in the roof it goes through the roof yeah. it goes through the roof We better get the doctor. Good idea. Did you see it? Yeah. And? It looked like a bloke. Bloke? Flying through the air? And then through a wall. Someone says he's gone through the wall, but he hasn't gone through the wall, he's gone through the roof. Yeah. That's um, it's a bit of bad scripting. Slack scripting, yeah. That's uh, uh, what, did, what, what were you saying about the outhouse there? The, the outbuilding is the one where the, the night falls through the, uh, the ceiling after the bomb goes off. Uh, and Ace and the girl, what's her name? Uh, I don't, can't remember. Yes, the, the Chinese girl. That's right. Yes. Yeah, they're in the beer garden, which we think is just round the back, yeah. in between the two spaces there. Uh, not not, uh, not uh, Sophie Oldbury's finest performance. No. Boom! Boom! I think misdirected. Boom! Boom! Uh, like, like a lot of our favourite stars in this show, they've, they've performed much better in previous episodes of Doctor Who and here I'm not sure the direction is quite right the tone is a bit off we like to blame directors but it's not always their fault you can't polish a turd Mm. after all well they're capable of much better not not calling Sophie a turd I was say I mean just overall it's just not very good it doesn't quite hold together it's a bit children's TV well it's the weakest of the other season we agreed on that aren't we it's very strong competition though I would say yes oh yes uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of between two and three out of five TARDISes for me. Yeah. Uh, whereas the rest are either four or five. So yes. Yeah. There is a bit of a gulf in quality between this and the, the, the rest of the season. Yeah. It's a definite yeah. drop, isn't it's it? It's a shame, but they are lovely locations. Now, you've got some, some particular embarrassing moments from Sylph that you'd yes. like to mention. Yeah, I mean, uh, top three embarrassing Sylph moments. Um, number three is when uh, McCoy has uh, Mordred uh, by the neck with the sword and he's about to chop Mordred's head off. Yes. Which is a completely ludicrous scene because Mordred could easily overpower the Doctor and the Doctor would not chop his head off in any instance. No. It's just a very nasty little scene. It's out of character, and Sylvester is not particularly comfortable with it. You can mm. see he's overplaying it to compensate for his lack of uh, confidence. Mm. Hate that scene. Mm. The next one is when he intercedes with the battle and says, There will be no battle here! It's yeah. not sympathetically shot. It's shot from yeah. above, and he's pacing up and down as if he's on stage. Yes. And my yeah. least favourite, number one, probably my least favourite line ever delivered by McCoy, <laughs> is when he's about to go back into the pub and looks more or less down the lens, pauses pregnantly, and says, If there Morgan! If they are dead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was really yeah. a very good impression. So that's my top three shit moments from the McCoy era in one Doctor Who story. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. It is I can't terrible. think of any, yeah. any worse moments from no. McCoy. I mean, he is wonderful. I, I mean, agree. Charlie's uh, less of a fan, but Sam and I absolutely adore him. But yes, it's not his best performance, this one, is but it? It's not, but if you compare it to stuff like Ghostlight, it's like, you know, streets apart. Yeah. It really is. A shit show, yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's really it's a, embarrassing. It's a shame that because it was probably just around the corner from where we're standing, where they would have shouted, "There will be no battle here." Yeah. There will be 
no battle here! If they're dead. If they're dead. <laughs> BAFTA goes to... Oh, dear. Bob Peck! <laughs> so, uh, after basically rousing most of the inhabitants of this lovely village by screaming at the top of our voices, we're now walking back up the road uh, to the church. <sighs> yes. Retreading the footsteps of dear Nicholas Courtney. Nicholas Courtney. What manner of man are you? A warrior, no less. How goes the day? I've had better. Yes. Didn't yes. have frozen cobblers, unlike us. No, no, Gosh, no. It's a, there's a breeze, isn't it? Brass monkeys, dear. The 1st of February, as we record. Yes. It uh, feels like it. Yes, they recorded in May, which is... More clement, wasn't it? So I, I think an important point to make is, you know, they always did a good job of finding villages in Doctor Who, and this is yes. one of the loveliest ones. It is lovely. It's got a complimentary red uh, telephone box. Yep. Yep. Obligatory. Still there. Still there. Um, and some nice scenes around uh, uh, Rutland Water, of course, and, and the graveyard. Because it's on a peninsula, so it's worth pointing out if people do want to visit. Right. Because it's... A, it's all enclosed in. It's like a little peninsula on its own, isn't it? Surrounded by water. That's it, right. It's a reservoir, isn't it? It was, it was, oh, a, right. it was flooded in 1974. Fact fans, so it hasn't, it hasn't been there very long. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. to keep Excalibur underwater. I would imagine just to, to sort of give water to the local inhabitants. I see, OK. And there's a village underneath. Apparently. Apparently so, yes. Mm. It was like deliverance, you know. <laughs> You can still hear the, uh, the chapel bell tolling occasionally <laughs> when the tide is uh, strong. Yeah. <laughs> I am Morgan, the sun killer, dominator of the 13 worlds and battle queen of the Sprax. What say you? I am Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Surrender now and we can avoid bloodshed. So, of course, we're on location uh, now. Uh, but uh, shooting on 16mm film, you can hear the grain. Of course. <laughs> but uh, if we were to go into studio now, it'd be a different story. And I think that's uh, what really lets Battlefield down, is the, mm. is the shocking design. Yeah. Uh, particularly inside, uh, inside the ship. Yes. Which looks yes. like a fun fair, doesn't it? it like it, a ghost it, it train. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a very good analogy. It's uh, incredibly disappointing. It's yeah. good they'd got everyone back it was like a unit story and they got the brigadier back and it should have felt like a John Pertwee story shouldn't it but it doesn't really does it? you would not have had a set like that in the Pertwee era no you wouldn't Doctor Who and the Demons but I said to you before I've been uh, Ghostlight just sort of a few weeks later had the same kind of idea sort of a, a subterranean spaceship set but it's so much better yeah. why couldn't we just done, done that again or something <laughs> similar to that because yeah. it really is appalling it's a yeah. great shame it just looks like something out of <laughs> we can start here. <laughs> Antonis people must have built this tunnel. Looks fishy to me. <laughs> this is no place for humour. The question is, how do we get through here? Use your body and your brain. If you Switches. Wacky contestants, messy games, the fun car Grand Prix race, and a crazy chase to win lots of prizes. Now here's the guy who puts the fun into Funhouse, Pat And here's the Funhouse! It's wacky.
wacky. Well, who do you blame then? Who do you, who do you blame? The set designer. Oh, I think or I. The director. I have to say that the, the director would have signed these things off, and the tone is just completely wrong, and that compounded with Kef McCulloch's music. bad costume design, some misdirection of the actors, and some shocking lighting in the studio. It doesn't really work. I Don't, mean, this this yeah. story needed to be treated as a very dark, sombre story. And if somebody like Nicholas Mallet had been behind it, yeah. I'd wager it would have been a better production all yeah. round. Yeah. But dare I say, I mean, possibly these are the worst fight sequences we've ever seen in Doctor Who. Havoc it ain't. Are they the worst fight sequences or are they the worst edited and recorded sequences? Because if it would have been better executed in terms of how it was shot... Because you always, you always uh, knock uh, uh, Chris Clough. Chris Clough. Yeah, yeah Clough, yeah. yeah. Specifically for that um, cyber versus Nazi fight sequence in Silver Nemesis, which I think is a dud. And I is mean, that any worse than the direction? I think he's okay with this? Paradise Towers. Is it any worse? No, the, the, that's, the, that's Nicholas Mallet. Oh, is that Paradise Nick Mallet as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. No, is, Mallet was uh, Mallet's underrated, I think. His curse of Benrick is very. No, good. We, we like him, but he yeah. was it was craft. Well, mm. Paradise Towers. It's got some nice sort of overhead shots and stuff on the, yes. the gantry. So he's yes. trying very hard. He, he was trying. Yeah. Yes. Is, is the fight? Are the fight sequences any worse though in Silver Nemesis than in uh, uh, Battlefield? No, I think they're equally shit. Is it the same standard? Yes, I'd say so. It's but but rewind really, 15 flat. years, had it been a Havoc uh, uh, junket, it would have been loads better. Had exactly. It, how we had Chansey, you know, yeah. on, on site doing the bit, it would have been great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mr. But Kerrigan, we we've got to go again, Mr. Kerrigan. I, yeah, you've just got stage school actors, haven't you? They're very, sort of very actuary actors, aren't they, yeah, in, yeah. in uh, Battlefield? Yes. And, uh, uh, doing stage school sword fights, and it, it, it's all a bit painful in children's television. But had it been directed properly and, and close up or closer, yes. it'd have been a lot better. It's not so it's not entirely their fault. No, of course not. Yeah. But um, uh, your man with the blonde hair there, I can't remember his name, actually, the lad... Anselin. 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 He, he did a fair few things back in the day. He wasn't... Uh, he was reasonably well-known. He got. Was he in Riders? Is that, is that the Jimmy Cooper was. one? Or was it Polo? One of those. He got his buttocks yeah. out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. one of those. Mm. Yeah. Well, he has, he's supposed to have a... a, a with Brigadier Bambera. Yeah. yeah. Zero but... sexual. <laughs> Fucking Fucking up the wrong tree. <laughs> what was that? Come on, move it, will you? Get in. Brigadier Bambera. What happened to you? She vanquished me. And I threw myself on her mercy. <laughs> but uh, Angela uh, Bruce, again, a, a fantastic actor. I think she's brilliant in she's, pretty much she's everything. She's really good. But yeah. she's, again, she's not particularly good in this. It's because... a shame. Oh, shame. <laughs> <laughs> because she's just misdirected, you yeah. know, and some of the dialogue is shocking. Yeah. It's shame. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those. And it's just like, oh, God, you watch it back now, and it's just, it feels like a student production. It feels yeah, like it does, a it does shot on camcorder. So, Sophie Aldridge anecdote where she's doing the boom oh, boom I mean I love Sophie you know I love Sophie but that is just painfully bad yes yeah. it is it's not great is it it's, um, it's not who that you would watch with people if you were trying to impress them or introduce them to who or trying to get away with the fact that you know <laughs> that it's worth watching you know if, yeah. they, if, if a not we saw it they'd be like come on what do you see in this would you show any, any uh, McCoy to a not we it must be Baker surely Fenric Fenric, remembrance is remembrance. Yeah, it's, it's a great one to get yeah, started right. with. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think remembrance would be my introduction to Doctor Who for most really? people. Yeah. Uh -huh.
Yeah. This is, you know, this is what you get if you watch Good Doctor Who. It's a death for me, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, very oh, accessible. Yeah. It's a good entry-level for Who. Yes, definitely. I tried um, uh, The Wife with Androzani. So this is the worst thing I've ever seen in one life. Oh, well, if you don't like this, then you've got no chance. <laughs> this is the best like a monster. This is as good as it gets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. So how many, how many Tardi would we give to Battlefield? I, I think Battlefield is a difficult watch. Wonderful to see Nick Courtney back. Nice to see Bessie. There's some nice moments with Sylvester when he when he's actually in control and is, is comfortable with delivering some of the lines. What's this? Ah, now, that's a bit of a mystery. No one's been able to decipher the carving. It says, dig hole here. Extraordinary. What does it say that in? My handwriting. Ace, we need a hole. Right. Uh, but it's not one I revisit. It's never, never tops three stars. Probably two and a half. So I'd say two and a half tardi to three tardi. Mm. Yeah, me too. It's it's rushed, and it looks amateurish, uh, and the performances just don't stand up really as they should do, as they do in the rest of the season. So yeah, two and a half for me as well. Um, I'd give it a flat two, I think, because uh, I don't watch it very often. But I always, I love the bit where Jean Marsh, uh, in the final sequences, is talking about uh, Arthur, and she learns he's dead, and she's, the air was like honey, and uh, and she delivers that beautifully. Merlin, Prince of Deceit, another trick? No. I don't believe you. Don't you? It can't be. He died. Over a thousand years ago. Arthur, who burned like starfire. Gone. And was as beautiful. Where did he lie? I would look at him one final time. He's gone to dust. Then I shall not even have that comfort. I shall never see him again. Arthur. We were together in the woods of Celadon. The air was like honey. I'm sorry, Morgaine. It's over. And all of a sudden, there's a poignant moment, sort of after 100 minutes of not terribly good television. Um, so that's one star for me, and uh, you know, one star for the rest of it, so two, I think. And there is one line that you always take away from me, and I use it whenever I log on to my PC. You know when we have these uh, slightly autistic ticks which Doctor Who has given us? <laughs> and the tick which I have whenever I'm logging on, and I can't remember my password, is... Tell me the secret incantation. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I like it. That's one of the lines I rather like. Yeah. With the finger movements at the same time. <laughs> now tell me, what is the secret incantation? I don't know what you're talking about. The magic words, the fail-safe release code. <laughs> I quite like, uh, no thanks to thee, false parent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite line from the show, uh, right, a boom. <laughs> <laughs> and on that boom shell, <laughs> we're going to venture back into the car. Uh, I have to say, though, fantastic location, folks. It's absolutely freezing, which is why we're going to have to cut the review slightly short. The guys are taking some pictures now of the of the church. I'm going to take one myself. Ooh, we were here, medieval uh, plastic bin in the back <laughs> on the foreground. <laughs> yes, a wheelie green wheelie bin in the way. What manner of bin is this? <laughs> 
so the gates are the same as they used to be, aren't yeah, they? they? So you gates. can actually go up to the church and uh, caress the gate. Caress the gate. Jim Marsh touched. Yeah, they had a whole sequence in there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Soldiers and that. Yes. Yeah, they did have remembrance of and the war memorial. My on location book. There's soldiers. Knights uh, sitting there, oh, sitting right. off, having a tea. On the grassy knoll. Yeah. On the grassy knoll where the sign... And the signposts are the same, are they, Greg? They are, yeah, I think so. And it's directly opposite uh, the Hamilton Post Office, which is a beautiful building. Almost Tudor-looking, isn't it? It's, um, very I'm, nice. sure it's, I'm sure it's no longer a, a functioning PR. No. It's, it's very attractive. Mm. Are we seeing Peter Wormsley's uh, Land Rover? Ah, yes. Peter Wormsley. Yes. I, I borrowed his hat for the day. So, yeah. so uh, that's, the, that's the end of, uh, of this episode of Doctor in the Complete Menagerie. On location, just for you. Smashing, it's a, smashing. It's a bit different, isn't it? Uh, uh, you know, hopefully you've been listening to it in warm conditions, maybe in the bath. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've been in the bath with Greg. Give yourself a rub down. Greg, <laughs> Greg Jameson in the bath. <laughs> his tones in your ears. Who could ask for more? Ah, it's, it's wonderful. And maybe you now feel impelled to go and watch Battlefield. Are we wrong? Tell us if you think it's great. But uh, tune in uh, next week uh, for more exciting adventures with us. Uh, We're on location again, uh, but uh, in a historic way. Uh, We're raiding the archives for a lost episode of The Menagerie where Greg and I actually ventured into London and St Paul's. Good grief. As we tie up our last special uh, uh, about Cybermen. I wasn't invited on another occasion. (laughs) (laughs) Swine. So please join us next week for another exciting episode of Doctor Who and The Complete... Menagerie almost. Here we go, folks. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to that twaddle, you can follow us on Twitter at DW Menagerie. That's at DW Menagerie, and we'll be tweeting various photographs of our inside leg measurements and that sort of thing. Doctor Who is copyright of the BBC. No infringements on copyright are intended. Support Doctor Who by purchasing DVDs and CDs and all other media from the BBC. Any comments made by the complete menagerie, (laughs) almost, are all our own. You've been listening to a Sixth Floor production. (laughs) 